0: When I was studying this, um, I was like, "Okay, Lord, I need a title." As a matter of fact, I was actually trying to get a title ten minutes ago—not um, ten minutes ago, but maybe like an hour ago—and I don't have a title. So at this point, you can kind of just put uh, IDK or something—I don't know—God stuff. You can put God stuff. You can put whatever you want for the title, um, but under that, you can also put influence. Say, everybody, say influence. Influence, there, there you go, I appreciate you bro. The title of, or the definition of influence that I got from google.com, it is the capacity to have an effect on the character development, behavior of someone, or the effect or the effect of itself. I'm gonna say that again, cause I know that was kind of a lot. That is, this is the definition of influence. The capacity to have an effect of, on the character development, behavior of someone, or something, or the effect of itself. God bless you, Ralphie. Um, That's the definition of influence. And so we are all supposed to be influences of Christ. But also a word that they may use in the Bible talking about us is disciples. Everybody say disciples. Whether you like it or not, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to go to Matthew 28. Uh, verse 19 and 20 in the ESV. Yes, I did say the ESV, the English Standard Version. When I was studying this, I was like, I read it in the New King James, and I was like, all right, Lord, can you give me something else? And so I I actually really enjoy the ESV. But this is what it says. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Say "All all nations. There you go, bro baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So number one, I know that we are all influencers of Christ, right? Now, this is a command from Jesus. And now, please, just bear with me because I'm trying to lay a foundation so that when we get more into the message, you guys can understand what I'm kind of talking about. But we are all influencers of Christ. We are all disciples of Christ. And why are we disciples of Christ? Well, in John 8, it says, if you believe my teachings and if you accepted me into my heart or accepted me into your heart, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what it says in John 8. Now, why are we disciples of Christ? Why are we influencers of Christ? Well, it says right here, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is Jesus talking to his disciples right before he descends up into heaven. And now, like like we just learned, we are disciples. So now this is Jesus talking to us. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Maybe, obviously at this point, Jesus is talking to his disciples, so maybe their nations were maybe a little bit different. Maybe their nations were Asia or Africa or something. But maybe your nation is North Crowley High School. Maybe your nation is Nazarene Christian Academy. Maybe your nation is the parking lot of TCC. Maybe your nation is the 7-Eleven right up the street. This is Jesus talking to us saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is a command. And I will admit, it does sound a little bit intimidating. Imagine Jesus looking at you and saying, go and be a disciple. Sounds a little bit intimidating. I'm not going to lie. But, at the very end, we have some good news. It says, and I will be with you always. I am with you always to the end of the age. He's going to be with us all the time. In the really awkward conversations, in the really uncomfortable places, um, he's going to be with us. And, how long is he going to be with us? To the end of the age. And, to kind of sum it up, until the end of time. Until we get to see him face to face in heaven. And even then, he's still going to be with us. Does that make sense? So, Before we get into it, though, I just want to pray really, really quick. So, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak through me, Lord, that everybody, not just the students, and not including me, Lord, and every single leader under the sound of my voice, Lord, that our hearts are ready to receive everything that you have for us, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that this message is a message to challenge us and to encourage us in love in Jesus' name. And actually, before I close this prayer, Lord, please, please, please let the Cowboys win their first game this Sunday. Come on, get, come on. And Lord, also, if you need to give Dak Prescott some glasses or some contacts or something, please. And I'm being so serious. That's why I'm wearing this shirt, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on now. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Uh, really quick. I, I know, obviously, as you can see, uh, just a minute ago, I, I know how to play the guitar. I got my first guitar when I was about six years old. And when I got my first guitar, I actually hated it. I hated the guitar. I hated learning how to play the guitar. My hands were so small. Listen, I'm six years old. Okay, give me a break. My hands were super small. I hated it. My dad loves the guitar. He's like, come on, son. Like, this is, this is going to be you. And I'm like, eh, I don't really like it. But what I did like was the drums. So I played a lot of the drums growing up. So if you hear me, sometimes I play a little bit of the drums up here, and I know very little. Very little of much of what a six-year-old can learn. That's how much I know. Um, but I got my first guitar when I was six. I didn't like it. I put it up in the closet. It caught so much dust. And right around the age, of about like eight, I think maybe no, about seven or eight, I was on YouTube. I don't know how much you guys are on YouTube, uh, but around seven or eight years old, YouTube was kind of just starting to like kind of pick up some waves and um, all these different things. And when I was on there, I discovered probably to me my uh, one of the best uh, music artists of today, and he is from Canada. And uh, listen, man, I'm a hard, to this day, I'm a hardcore believer. I love Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is my guy. In, in, anybody here just a uh, Justin Bieber fan? This would be, just to be real. Straight up. Yes, listen, I love Justin Bieber. Listen, and honestly, here's the thing. I prayed for Justin Bieber. I prayed for him. And so now, listen, and I still pray for him. And he's saved. He's saved. Come on, give me a you know, for Justin Bieber, my prayer is one day. Okay, yeah, maybe a little bit, but uh, my prayer is one day that I get to meet Justin, and I get to pray with him, and I get to hug him because I want to hug Justin Bieber, and I I have, I have no shame in saying that. But I discovered, Amen, brother. Uh, I discovered Justin when I was like seven or eight years old, and he was like one of the biggest influences I've ever like, probably to this day, obviously. Um, He influenced me so much, so much that I think when I was about nine, I had the little swoosh going on. I don't don't know if you guys remember the swoosh with the, you know what I'm saying? I had this little swoosh going on, and I have really thick hair. He has really thin hair. And so when I kind of had it, it looked like a helmet instead of more of like a swoosh. It really didn't look good, but at nine years old, I thought I was him. I really did. And I remember going to school. And uh, I was in the fourth grade, and I remember walking into my cafeteria. We had a long line to uh, to get our food, and we had tables going on this side and tables going on this side, and the third graders were already in there because they had lunch early. And as I was studying, I was like, should I say this? This is a really embarrassing and cringing story, but I'm going to say it anyways. And I remember as I was in line, and I'd walk in, and these third graders were in there, and these their greater girls, were there standing right by the line. And I remember, like, they would, like, look at me, and then they would, like, talk to their little girlfriends, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I would see this, and I'd be like, yo, I am him. They are staring at me. And I remember, oh, this is so embarrassing, but I would, like, I would, like, flip my hair in front of them, and they'd be like, oh, my God. And I'd be like, I know. And, um, but I was so not him. I really wasn't, I was, I was nine years old, but I waited, but I weighed, as probably as much as a 16 year old kid. Like, I was, if you guys can kind of get that picture, a nine year old little boy weighing as much as a 16 year old kid. That's, that, that was me. Um, but I, I literally, I, he, was the, he was a big influence so much that I, that's the, I mean, it's how I dressed, it's how I grew out my hair. And I remember I went to the movies uh, when his documentary came out. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his documentary. Yes. I literally have seen that movie probably too many times to really even say because it's that embarrassing. But um, I went to go see that movie and it's like a, just a pool of these girls, these young girls that are all in this, in, uh, this movie theater and I'm like probably the only guy there. And I, there's a scene in this movie when he's playing the guitar and he's, he's like playing and he's, he's on some steps and he's singing some song by I'll Be by Edwin McCain or something, I don't know. And I remember seeing it and at nine years old, I was like, bro, I wanna be like him so bad. And I remember I was watching and I remember him playing some chords that I kinda of remember my dad kinda of showing me at, when, I, when I was younger and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna learn this song. Well, since I was nine years old, I went back home, immediately went to go pick up that dusty old Attitude guitar out of my closet because I saw Justin Bieber play. And to this day, I've yet to put that guitar down. So. I really have to give some credit to Justin Bieber for uh, getting me inspired and him being my influence to play the guitar. So and obviously um, it made such an impact on me that, that to this day I obviously still play guitar. I don't really play too much uh, Justin Bieber anymore, but um, he, was a, he, he, he made a really, really, really big impact. And so I want to go to my first point. I have three points. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It says, to be an influencer, you must first be influenced. To be an influencer, you must first be influenced. My question to you is, what are you influenced by? What's influencing you? Is it your friends? Is it your classmates? Is it the people on your team? Is it the people that you go to study hall with? Maybe you don't go to school. Maybe you're homeschooled. Maybe is it your family? Is it your siblings? Maybe what is it? Social media? Is social media influencing you? Is it music? As I was studying this, um, I uh, I felt like the Lord asked me, "Hey, CJ, uh, what's influencing you?" And at this moment, when I was when I was studying this that morning, I was I'm a, you know obviously I play the guitar and. I like music, I appreciate music, and uh, I consider myself a musician. And so when I listen to all these other types of music, I, I really, really dive deep. And I like I, I like, I like, the way it sounds, I like the beats. I, I'm not too much of a big person on lyrics. Lyrics kind of come in my ear and kind of go out the other, but I just really like the way the music sounds. And so when I listen to music, that's really what I listen to. And so that morning... Uh, I'm not going to say the artist that I was listening to. You would definitely know who it is. But I was listening to this rapper, and he's a secular rapper. And he kind of just kind of popped up on my Spotify. Sometimes I go through this thing where I get on my Spotify app, and I'll just kind of go, and I'll just listen to music, and just go, 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 and I'll go down this rabbit trail, and somehow I'll go into rap, and then I'll go into, like, jazz, and then I'll go into, like, grunge rock. And I just, and from all, from all different, and I'll just go, and I'll just go. But as I was... Uh, I know, it's kind of crazy that you can kind of get from jazz to rap, but I promise you, sometimes you can, you can do it. Um, but I remember this morning, I was listening to this rapper, and I, and I don't really know this guy's music or anything, but I was just kind of listening to it, and uh, I remember I was just kind of like, okay. And it was really, I mean, the music was really good, the beats, and he was, I mean, he's an amazing rapper. I mean, he, he has a talent. And, but I remember like, as I was like, kind of like, listening to it, I kind of started to get like, kind of mad. A little bit, like I started to get angry. And actually it was so it was actually so much. I was I was like, man, this is actually so good. I even texted Brent about it. I was like, bro, homie's like kind of kinda good. He's a kind of a good musician. And um, but I remember like as I was listening to it, I kinda honestly, honestly, I started to get a little bit like angry. I started to like kind of like because everything he's talking about is everything that I don't do. And it's a lifestyle that's completely opposite of the life that I live. But I kind of started to get these thoughts and I started to get like this, this thing like, oh man, like now all of a sudden I kind of have like this attitude and I'm kind of mad and I don't really know why I'm mad and kind of like wanna yell at my sister right now and I don't really know why. It was this weird thing. But when the Lord asked me, he said, what's influencing you? I, I had to say, oh man, Lord, that the music, the music I listen to, So what's influencing you? Is it your friends? Is it social media? Is it your teammates? Is it music like me? And uh, I want to go to Proverbs 13, verse 20 in the ESV. And this is what it says. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm harm i uh i had a great mentor of mine um that he he kind of would always ask me this he would say show me your friends i'll show you your future or you are who you hang out with the most so who's influencing you who are you spending your most time with i uh, i remember uh in high school most of my friends were definitely not the greatest influence Um, certainly not. And I'll be honest, I really wasn't the best influence on them either. That's kind of why my mom would drag me here in the first place, because she knew that I needed some help. Amen. Um, and so a lot of the influences and a lot of the people that I needed, first, I mean, the first person that I kind of think of that's kind of sitting here is John. I remember, yeah, I know John gets all wide-eyed when I say this, but when I was about 13, 14 years old, I really didn't want to come to youth I'll be honest with you. But one of the a big influence on my life was John. John was a, a John was a relationship that I had here that he would really get me to come when I really didn't want to come. And I was like, hey, well, at least John's there. I get to skate with John and talk about stuff with John. But see, that's, see that is a God-divine relationship. So I, I, I ask you, what is influencing you? Is it your girlfriends? Is it your boyfriend? Is it your friends? Who, like, what, what's influencing you? And I think what's important before we can become the influencer that God has for us to be in other people's lives, you first you have to understand that the Word of God has to be final in your life. Does that make sense? The word, no matter what, no matter if what, no matter what type of relationship or what leader or what pastor or what mentor says in your life, number one, the Word of God has to be final in your life. And I was kind of thinking about. Um, What's like, what's like a scripture that I can give you guys besides Proverbs 13 um, to show you guys this relationship between an influencer and somebody being influenced? And so, real quick, I thought of uh, Paul and Timothy. Who here knows Paul and Timothy in the Bible, really quick, by a show of hands? It's okay if you don't, because literally, I'll be honest, I really didn't start reading my Bible, like, a whole lot, probably until I got into Bible college, and that was when I was 18. So, there's no judgment here. I mean, trust me. But the difference between Paul and Timothy, you see, Paul is this great man of God. He is a very well-respected dude. He goes around, preaches the gospel, and he starts churches everywhere. And he's this great, great man of faith. And Timothy, imagine, imagine Pastor Justin, Paul. Okay, this is, this is Paul, uh, Pastor Justin's Paul, and he has a little crew with him that he kind of rolls around with. And let's say uh, his crew is like me, Dylan, and Pastor Alex. Okay, we're, the, we're these young guys that are on fire for God, and that we, we just want to learn how to preach. And so we kind of follow Pastor Justin, around, uh, Pastor Justin around. That's exactly kind of how Paul and Timothy's relationship is. And so Paul is this great man of faith. He goes and he starts these churches, and Timothy is this young guy. That's just kind of learning from Paul. That's really all he's doing. Well, uh, since Paul is such this great man of faith and this well-respected man, some people find Paul and they're like, Paul, 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 Paul. Um, There's this church in Ephesus that they are teaching uh, wrong doctrine. Basically, they're saying, Paul, there's this church that is taking advantage of people and they're twisting the gospel and they're saying things that aren't true. What are you going to do? Like, You got to help us. And Paul's like, dang, that that is crazy. Uh, he's like, well, I can't go right now because I got to take care of this stuff that I'm starting over here. But you know what? I'll send Timothy. I'll send Timothy. And so Timothy, at this point, some theologians believe he's between mid-20s, late 20s, early 30s. But he had been with Paul since he was about 15, 16 years old. So he had been with Paul for some time. And so Paul knew that, He couldn't go, so he was going to send out Timothy. And really what I'm trying to show you in this relationship is Timothy was influenced by Paul. And Paul knew that he had to send Timothy out to go take care of of some pretty messed up stuff that was happening in uh, Ephesus. And so Paul, or I'm sorry, Timothy knew, Timothy had to know, number one, he had to trust Paul. That he was that Paul was telling him to go and take care of this stuff and so he had to he had to have faith in paul and, and, and in paul's judgment of himself but then he also number one had to have faith in what God was calling him to do see God called Timothy to preach the gospel just as much as God has put on your life to preach the gospel to people what what, what did we learn in the just a... Uh, A few minutes ago, in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is our assignment, just as much it was on the assignment on Timothy. Do you guys see that? And so Timothy had to go out there and he had to not only trust what Paul was telling Timothy to go do, but he had to have faith in what God was calling him to do. And so to my second point, sometimes trusting God and having faith with what God says it comes with a cost. So point number 2, the cost of influence. The cost of influence. And when I was studying this, this is I, I was like, okay, Lord, the cost of influence. What does this mean? What what are you trying to say here? And this is what I believe the Lord said. And when If you don't mind putting this up to Benji, because I I really want you guys to write this down. It says, The cost of influence deals with more of your obedience towards God rather than your current comfortability. I'm going to say that again. The cost of influence deals with more of your obedience towards God rather than your current comfortability. This is having a heart posture of humility. This is simply saying, Lord, I'm willing to do anything and everything that you have for me, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what these people may think about me, regardless of what these people may say about me, regardless of even how I feel in this current situation. Lord, I'm willing to do everything and anything that you have for me to do. Lord, I'm willing to obey. God just wants your obedience. God simply wants your yes most importantly, he wants your yes to be a yes, and he wants your no to be a no. And he just wants you to simply obey him. That's it. Because God can't, God can't use a, give me some time. Uh, Lord, can I do this later? Can I talk to them later? Can I, can you give me a few years? Can Lord, I know that you're calling me into ministry, but can I do it after I graduate from college? Lord, I know that I'm supposed to break up with this girl, but Lord, can, can I do it maybe after we get away from each other? I, uh, obedience, your obedience towards the Lord is the direct effect of how much you love God. As, as simple as I can put it, your obedience is the effect of how much you love the Lord. I got saved when I was 14 um, in a summer, and uh, that summer going into my freshman year, and I uh, I was playing basketball at the time, and I uh, I remember I went to school. And we had some uh, we had some uh, basketball workouts in the beginning of the of the school year. And I'm a freshman, and I'm going into my freshman year. And I don't know how it is at y'all schools, but uh, freshmen and upperclassmen they do not mix. They do not mix. Let me let me promise you. Especially if you're playing a sport with upperclassmen on the team. Oh, brother! First of all, you're probably never going to play unless you're really 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 good. Or number two, you're gonna they're going to poke fun at you. They're going to do all kinds of stuff, and you just, you're, you're a freshman. You can't really do much. But I remember I was a freshman, and uh, I was going to these basketball workouts. And uh, I remember there was this one guy on the team that I think if I was a freshman, he must have been, I think, a senior. And um, this guy was uh, him. He was the guy. He was the guy that kind of like every guy wanted to be. And like every girl kind of wanted to be with, if I'm being very frank. I mean, he was the guy on, the, and not only in my school, but definitely on the basketball team. And his name was Daniel. Shout out Daniel. Um, uh, and um, I remember, um, I mean, he was, I mean, I'm a freshman, right? And this guy is like so much better than me. I remember sometimes during scrimmages, the coach would sometimes let me play during a scrimmage. And I remember Daniel would be bringing the ball up the court just like, like fast break, just just going hard, downhill. And I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh my gosh, like can somebody else guard him? I was terrified of Daniel. Um, but I remember, you know, I just got saved and I, uh, um, I remember there was, uh, I was praying one, one night and I was praying and somebody told me that uh, anytime you're ever praying for somebody or every, anytime you're praying and the Lord keeps on giving you somebody in your mind, um, you need to pray for them. And so at the time I was praying in my room. Listen, I'm trying to figure out this prayer thing. I just got saved like probably like a month ago. And I'm like, all right, Lord, like you say, like I, I I am I supposed to hear from you? Like, okay, am I, am, I just, am I saying this right? And I was thinking about Daniel. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna pray for Daniel, I guess. This is kind of like what, you know, this is kind of what you say to do. So I was praying for Daniel, and uh, I was I started praying for his knees all by myself in my room. And I was like, oh, dude, this is so weird. I'm like, you know, I, like, literally, I've never prayed like this, and let alone pray for somebody else, and they're not with me. Like, I was like, and I'm praying for his knees, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I really felt like this is what I was supposed to do. I was like, okay, Lord, like, just trying to figure this stuff out. And so I prayed for Daniel, prayed over his knees, said amen. Thought I was good, right? Maybe about a week later, I, uh, we're in practice, and we just uh, we go into the locker room, and I'm leaving the locker room, and everyone's with, kind of with each other. And, you know, the upperclassmen are there playing the music. And, you know, little freshman skinny Caesar over here is like just trying to put my clothes on, get the heck out of there as fast as possible, you know. And, uh, but I really felt in my heart in that moment, feeling super fearful and intimidated by all these guys, I felt like the Lord was telling me, you need to tell Daniel that I love him, and you need to tell him that, uh, that you were praying for him, and you need to pray for Daniel. I was like, that is a lie. There's no way, Lord. I was like, you are, no way. And I literally was like, no, that's the stupidest thought I've ever had in my entire life. And I ignored it completely. And uh, I ran out of that locker room. And any time the next day, and the next day I was seeing Daniel at practice. And the only time that I probably have ever really talked to Daniel is when he yells at me to pass him the ball. That's like probably the only time I've ever really talked to Daniel. And so I'm like, yo, you want me to tell him God loves him and pray for him and, you know, pray over his knees? I'm like, yo, this is no way. Well, I remember maybe uh, about a week after that, after I felt the Lord was telling me that, I was upstairs in my locker, and uh, I, was the, I was the type of kid when we had like a, if we had like two minutes To get to our next class, I used a minute and a half to talk to my friends, and that last 30 minutes, I would grab my stuff and try to make it to class. I was that kid. Um, Don't judge me, because I know some of y'all definitely do that. And my class was outside of the school. And uh, I remember I, I got my stuff together, and I was running down the hallways. An upperclassman, if you're Daniel and you're an upperclassman, you can be late to class. It's all good. And I remember I was running, and I was like running... Excuse me. I was running past, uh, past Daniel and he's there with his girlfriend. And I kind of ignore it because I'm like, I already know, Lord, what you're about to say, but it ain't happening today. And the bell rang and I'm like, oh, no, I'm late. And he's like, exactly. So now you can go pray for Daniel. And I'm like, oh, no. I was like, there's no way. And so I'm, I'm like, no. And I like kind of start like trotting down the, the, the stairs and it just it hit me like, like a fire just like hit me in my chest and I was like oh man I, I was like Lord I really don't want to do this but I felt in that moment like it was now or never and I didn't want to know what never was I didn't want to I didn't want to know what what never was going to happen or what never was going to look like and so like I kind of just like felt it and like without like kind of even thinking I was just like Daniel and I, as soon as I said it I wanted to be like no let's take those words back and Daniel was actually a really cool dude. He actually turned around, you know, all cool, and he, he's like, hey, "Yo, what's up, bro?" Not really. It's not actually how he sounded. But I was like, and he's like, he's like six two, and uh, he's like 6'2", two, and I'm fourteen, and I'm like, I'm weighing like hundred and ten pounds at fourteen, and like, so he's like four of me, and he's like six two, and so I'm like, "Hey, Daniel," um, and there's his and there's his pretty girlfriend standing behind Daniel, like. Looking at this weird freshman, looking at Daniel, like, what is about to happen? And I'm like, hey, bro, I'm not trying to sound weird or anything, but I just, I just want to say, God loves you. And I was praying for your knees, (laughs) and he was just kind of looking at me, and he was like, yeah, and I was like, can I, can I pray for your knees? So embarrassing. And I was like, and he, he was like, yeah, sure, man. He's like, actually, you know what? This past summer at AAU, because he played AAU, uh, he uh, got injured and he hurt his knee. And he's like it's, like, it's kind of been bothering me and I'm kind of just trying to kind of just move past it. I was like, but it's been, it's been bothering me. He's like, it's funny you say that. Yeah, can you, can you pray for me? So right there in this moment, there I go. And I get down on my knees and I start praying for Daniel as his pretty girlfriend's just like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And um, in that moment, did something take place? Did his knee pop? No. is, Is Daniel now in the NBA, and now he thinks of me as this super dope dude, and he went on to play this and win championships and all? No. No. But to this day, actually, Daniel... Well, from that moment on, um, me and Daniel became really close friends, and there was there was there would be moments that Daniel would uh, text me, and he'd be like, "Hey, man!" And actually, that I remember that year he went through a really hard breakup. Said, and this isn't this isn't something that like is known for somebody like him to talk to me, but he respected me so much, and he encountered the Lord in that moment that from that point on, he knew that he could entrust me to pray with him. And to this day, he, he actually celebrated a birthday, I think maybe like two months ago, and I reached out to him and I told him happy birthday, and we, we got to kind of catch up. And even to this day, he's still, he's like, hey, man, um, I'm kind of going through some things right now with me and my parents. Do you mind if you pray, uh, pray for me? So, so what I'm saying is, is you don't know what you're saying yes to. You never really know what, what you're saying yes to. I love what Dylan was talking about when he was talking about how he prayed over this guy. See, Dylan didn't know that this guy was going through some things that this was the, this was the anniversary of him seeing his friend kill himself. Dylan didn't know that. Dylan was just simply obedient. I didn't know that Daniel hurt his knee. I didn't know that my yes and saying and praying over Daniel in this super awkward moment, in this super uncomfortable position, was going to make a relationship be built so that Daniel can trust me to pray for him whenever he needs it. I didn't know that, I didn't, you know, and, and this is the thing that sometimes I, I, would, I would stop and think, like, Lord, I don't even know if they believe in you. Lord, like, what if I pray for Daniel and he doesn't even believe in God? God just wants your yes. He wants your yes. And God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And you may think, he wants to use me? Yes. Yes, he wants to use you. And so that goes into my second point. And this is, Oh, I'm sorry, this goes to my third point. The power of influence. Say the power. the power. The power, there you go. The power of influence. There you go. The power that is on the inside of you can change the direction of someone's life. The power that is on the inside of you can change the direction of someone's life. I want to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8 in the New King James, if you don't mind putting that up for me. Benji, thank you very much. I know I skipped a verse already, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to share that. But this is what it says. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to really focus on that on that beginning part, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, upon, has come upon you. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. And the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. And this, and what I'm about to say, I really want you to kind of grab a hold of it because this is not something to be taken lightly. This isn't just some cliche uh, Christian saying. No, this is truth. This is truth. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, somebody's heart that was stopped and power came on the inside and raised him from the dead, that same power lives on the inside of you. That same power lives on the inside of you. How do I know that? Well, if you accepted Jesus into your heart and as Lord, as your Savior... And if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and we just learned at the beginning of this message that that's exactly who we all are, you have a power on the inside of you to change the direction of somebody's life. And God wants to use you. God wants to use you. There's people in your life, whether they go to your school, whether they're a part of your team, whether they're in your neighborhood, or whether you pass by them at the Hewland Mall or wherever you may go, You are going to be the only vessel in their life for you to to share with them the good news. Some people, some people, whether you go off to college somewhere, whether you may go somewhere overseas, you could encounter somebody that you're going to be the only vessel to share the good news with them. And so God wants to use you. He wants to use you. You have the power to change the direction of somebody's life. I think we are all here sitting in this room, every student, every leader, we are all sitting here because somebody in our life shared with, the, shared with us the good news and it changed the direction of our life. We are all sitting here. I don't care if you're 13 or you are 58, and I don't think anybody in this room is 58. But we are all here because somebody was willing, somebody obeyed the Lord, and they shared with us the good news, and it changed the direction of our lives. I, um, you can Now, you can go ahead and turn off the lights, and you can go ahead uh, turn on the pad, and Ash, you can go ahead and come up. This is gonna be my last point, the power of influence. Um, we, as Christians, God wants to see, the only way people are gonna see the love of God, in First John, if you don't actually mind putting that up now, Benji, This is what it says in 1 John, and I'm gonna go ahead and close out with this story, but this is what it says in 1 John. It says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. But by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. In that first part, no one has seen God at any time. Nobody has seen God, but If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So the only way others see God is by the love that we share with one another. How much love we share with one another is how people see the love of God in us. And that's our job. That's our sole purpose as being influencers of Christ is to share the love of God with people. I don't care how much, where they live, what neighborhood they may come from. If they do drugs or they don't do drugs, if they go to church or they're Muslim, atheist, if they talked bad about you or not, your job as Christians and as disciples is to show them the love of jesus i um when i was about 12 i was uh i was playing soccer for this team and uh there was this kid he uh, he was a year younger than me he was playing up i played for 12 u he was 11 but he played in 12 u and he was our goalie and uh, i remember seeing him and we didn't really didn't talk a whole lot we kind of started playing um we started, it was, it, was, it was select. And so we, I started playing with them kind of late in the end of summer going into this school year. And I went to this new school and I'm walking the hallways and I'm about 12 and I see him and he was my goalie. His name was Nick. And um, we just hit it off. We hit it off. He was my guy. Um, since I was 12 and we played soccer all throughout middle school together. We played, uh, select, uh, together. We played, um, on my middle school team at my school and we played, uh, in high school together. We were close tight. I mean, like literally, um, I would always go over his house. He would give me rise to practice. I would give him rise to practice. I remember there was one time my, uh, junior year. No, this was, uh. Yes, my junior year. My junior year um, trials were coming up and at this point I had stopped playing select and I was just playing for my high school. Was, we, were, we, were, we both made varsity, he was still our goalie. And uh, my cleats, they were at the, at the bottom, my cleats were kind of starting to get uh, real dull. And um, I was kind of starting to grow out of them. And I knew I needed some cleats, uh, but I couldn't afford them. Uh, we just couldn't afford new cleats. And I remember, you know, as your friends and in the group chats, you know, you guys send, you know, shoes that you guys want, and we we were sending each other cleats that we wanted for this next season. And I remember Nick always had like the latest things, and uh, I remember Nick had these had these cleats on, and he was like, "Oh, you do? My mom got me these cleats, bro." And I was like, "Dude, those are sick." And he was like, "When are you gonna get those cleats? You, you're you're talking to me about?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I, we just can't really afford them right now." And he was like. Okay, okay. And some time had passed, and I kept on using those cleats. And my birthday came around, and I remember I was at my locker, and I turn my I turn over, and I and it's Nick, and he's carrying this box, and uh, he opens this box, and he has these brand new. You guys may not know, them, but they're these Nike Hypervenom cleats and they were the exact ones that I sent in this group chat and I was like bro you didn't have to do this you like what's going on like bro come on man and he's like no dude I I I wanted to do this for you I, I I knew it was your birthday and your birthday was coming up and I knew you couldn't afford them so I just I kind of I wanted to help you and I was like oh dude thank you so much that was my junior year and he was he was a year younger than me he was a sophomore and so me and me and Nick were close. I'd say Nick was like almost like a brother to me. And we would show each other good things, bad things. Um, and as time went on, around right my junior year was really when I started kind of getting close with the Lord and I kind of, I stopped going to parties as much and I kind of started to stop smoking weed and I started to, stopped drinking and we those were things that me and nick did together those are things me and nick did he, those are things that we did together for the first time and as i kind of started to go into church more and started to pray more and really kind of let uh, let those things go in my life kind of nick started to kind of get more into them and uh At the end of my junior year, going into my senior year, he went to another school. And around my junior year, you know, I started going more this way and he kind of started going more this way. And we we kind of lost touch. He kind of went to another school, made another group of friends. And um, we really just weren't that close anymore. And we still had some mutual friends. And I remember my senior year, kind of that summer going into my senior year, um, I remember kind of hearing from some close friends of ours like, "Oh, dude, like Nick was Nick was saying this about you, bro." He said like, he, "Like you switched up, and you kind of changed on him, and you know all this stuff, and it really hurt. It really hurt. This is my best friend, and I was only simply, I was only simply doing the thing, these things because the Lord." was changing the direction of my life. And uh, I remember, this was probably in about a almost, we're in September now, so in about a month, it will be one year. So it was around October, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think I had to use the restroom or something, I don't even know. And uh, I was climbing back into bed, and my phone lights up, and it's Nick. And the first thought I had, I was like, oh, dude he's probably gonna like invite me to sneak out and go to some party or something And that was something not unusual for Nick to to ask and I was like dude I don't want to answer this phone call and I was you know some of it was still I had some bitterness I was like dude I don't want to talk to you man you've been saying this and that about me but something just I just knew I was like ah but I have to answer it I have to So I answered it and he was like, he kind of, he was like, yo, Caesar. And I was like, okay, of course he's about to ask me to go to some party or something. He's like, yo, Caesar, bro, were you asleep? And I was like, Nick, it's three in the morning, bro. What do you think? And he was like, he's like, my bad, man. He's like, can I just, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure. He was, and I had had known at this point that Nick kind of really got more into the partying scene and stuff. And he was like, man, I'm letting my mom down. And uh, Nick didn't have any siblings. He didn't have a dad. He just had a mom. And he, he knew the Lord a little bit. He was Catholic. And he's like, man, dude, I, a lot of this stuff I'm getting into, I'm letting my mom down. I don't, I don't wanna let her down, man. He's like, I'm, I'm going through a lot of things. He had shared with me a friend of his that he felt like he needed some help and he kind of felt like he needed some guidance, this friend of his. And he was like, I wanna be a good example to my friend. I wanna help him. And he was like, when I was kind of thinking about this, man, he was like, I didn't know who to talk to but you he was like, I felt like, you know, you kind of made some good decisions in your life and you kind of talk about God and stuff. He was like, I kind of, I need some help. Can you help me? And, uh, I just started sharing the love of Jesus with him in that moment at three in the morning and all that bitterness, all that stuff that I kind of had carried with me towards Nick, it all just washed away. And immediately I was like, Oh dude, I love you, bro. I'm so happy we're having this conversation. And I started just sharing them with the love of Jesus. And in that moment, we prayed. And there was a, there was a church where he lived. Um, and there was a youth group there at this church. And I was like, hey, man, I think you should go to this youth group. And I knew some people that went to that youth group. I was like, get plugged in with them. Go see how you like it. And that was, that was a Sunday night when we had that conversation. That Wednesday, I believe that Thursday, I was on scrolling on social media, and I saw Nick at this church. They, they had posted a picture of Nick at this youth group with those same boys that I had told him about. And it was so good. And I was like, oh, yes, Lord, thank you, thank you, Lord. And uh, <laughs> this is why I said I usually don't get asked to pray, because I'm emotionally unstable, but um, <laughs> I remember we had a conversation that Friday after I had saw him on the Instagram and I... Um, his birthday was on Sunday, the coming Sunday. And he was like, hey man, I'm having this like little small, little get together with just me, my parents. We're gonna watch the cowboy game and I'm gonna have some friends from school. Do you wanna come? You know, like we haven't really hung out in some time. And I feel like now that we're kind of getting close, you, you, you should come. And I had something going on after church already planned with my family that we were going to watch the Cowboy game together. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry, bro. I can't go. He's like, oh, dude, that's all right, bro. Like, you know, we can do something, something else for another time. I was like, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, I uh, that was that Friday or Thursday. I can't really remember. It was Thursday or Friday. And I went to school that Monday, and I had a meeting after school. Uh, with some of the baseball players because I was playing baseball at the time and um, you know next birthday was just that past Sunday I told him, happy birthday bro I love you man and uh, I was there in this meeting and I'm talking to a group of people like I'm talking to you right now this was after school and I get a knock there's a knock at the the classroom door and it was my high school counselor and I, I look and she looks at me and she just kind of had this look. And I kind of was like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, uh, she, she was like, Caesar, can I talk to you? And I was like, I I was like, can it wait? And she was like, no. I was like, okay. And uh, when I went out there, I didn't know what she was gonna say. I thought maybe I got in trouble or something. I don't know. And as I was standing there, I just kind of had my back against the wall and she had told me that Nick died earlier that day and he had a really bad car accident during lunch and uh, he hit a tree and he didn't make it. And in that moment, I didn't believe her. I was like, Nick who? And she said his last name. I just wasn't saying anything. I wasn't crying. I was just kind of looking at her in a daze. And she grabbed my hand and she said, come with me. And she took me into the counselor's room. And there was a group of my classmates and some of my teammates that we both all knew, Nick. And so, like I said, this was my brother. Everybody knew how close me and Nick were. And when I walked in that room, everybody just like came around me and started hugging me because they knew how close I was with Nick and that's really when it hit me that I just lost my best friend to a stupid decision but i want that to encourage you that god has these relationships and these people in your life and god wants to use you He wants to use you and the power that is on the inside of you has the chance to change the direction of somebody's life. Who knows what would have happened if I wouldn't have answered that phone call? Who knows what would have happened if I I would have carried that bitterness with me? Who knows? And I remember it kind of happened, I remember going to Lord, you guys can go ahead and stand up we're going to go back into worship here in a a little bit Um, but I remember uh, when um, I was just thinking about uh, about it all I knew I knew where Nick was I knew where he was I knew he was in heaven, and I knew he was being Nick. And it really gave me a peace in my head, but I I swore to myself, I swore to myself that, Lord, if you ever have an unction, if you ever give me an unction to share the good news of who you are to anybody, Lord, I'm going to do it. You never know. You never know. I never knew what, what was going to happen in just a week's time in Nick's life. Dylan didn't know what was happening in this guy's life that happened just a few years ago, back of when he saw his friend kill himself. You never know. But you, on the inside, on the inside of you, you are, you are called to be an influencer of Christ. And there's going to be some things that are going to cost you. It's going to cost you your comfortability. It's going to cost you some awkward conversations, maybe. But God's always going to be with you. And you have the power to change the direction of somebody's life. So when we go into this, I just want you guys to be thinking about that and meditating on that. I don't really believe that we're going to have an altar call or anything like that. Um, But I just want to encourage you. And I really want to encourage you and I really want you to just think about the influence that you have on the inside of you. So when we go into this next worship song or the next few worship songs, just close your eyes. You guys can come you guys can go ahead and make your way back up closer if you want, but just be um, just have that on the forefront of your minds. Thanks.